Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Best friends forever. Fantasy best friends forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Frank Stanfield. I am Greg Sussman. Joined today, as we are every single day, for hour number two, with a closer, Chris Ventra. What's up, Chris? What's up, guys? How you doing? It's your boy, Chris Ventra, the closer here, and uh, I'm ready for week three of baseball. Week three or week four? That's what I'm trying week to say. Week three. Depends on the I think it's week three. Week three and a half. I think it's week three. I agree. Yeah. Week three. What did you uh, What did you think of Thrones last night? I was advertising it as week four on my. Oh, book. Thrones! So I thought it was good, but like, um, I feel like they could do more. You know what I mean? There's only six episodes, and they're an hour long. I thought they were going to be an hour and a half long each one. So the first two are last night's was 53. Next week is 58, and then each one after that is at least 80 minutes long. Okay. So the final four. Well, one of them might be like 78. I think one of them's 80, one of them's 78, one of them's closer to 90 minutes. Uh, but the final four are definitely like right, right around 120 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes, rather. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, um, someone said, I forgot who it was, um, might have been on our show I was watching, that most of the season is like war. And it wasn't last night. <laughs> it wasn't last night. Zero war. Zero war last night. I'm, I'm thinking episode two will be like the same. Maybe it'll start at the end. Probably not. No. Like I'm saying, it won't be a war. No war. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They got I agree with you though. There's so there's so, there's many so much going need on. To happen yeah. In this final season, that they got to start to pick it up a little bit, and I right. think they will. Uh, I agree with Greg that it, this was mostly a setup episode. Uh, I love the line from uh, from Bran at the end. I'm waiting for an old friend. You're like, oh well, is he talking about Sam? You know, Sam shows up. And he wasn't. Oh no, he's waiting for his I was, guy. I wasn't actually Baby sure. Lannister, you know why? I don't know why it didn't hit me exactly. Who he was waiting for immediately. It didn't hit me either right away. But like you knew Jamie was going there. He just. I don't know, I forgot. Yeah, What's I mean, good? Well, because that was all we saw of him the entire episode. It's not like we saw him traveling. Well, you saw him in the in the, the final uh, in the pre- in the coming attractions. Yeah, last season, previously, the, the, the previously on as well. He, and he's going to go to trial. It looks like marches away. Well, I mean, they're not. He's not going to just walk into Winterfell and be like, "Hey, everybody, I'm here." I'm here. Tyrion. They're all going to be like, especially because he like killed Daenerys Targaryen's father. Right. Uh, oh, but it was crazy. And but. Tyrion's going to back <laughs> him up on that one and say that he was crazy and he saved a ton of people's lives because of that. You know, yeah. it's, Bri- it's Brianna's obviously going to speak up for him. Very, yep. Yeah, it's very interesting back and forth here because there's he'll a lot survive. of people who don't like him, but there's a lot of people who will also defend him. Then. And he's just going to be like, he'll, he'll probably just be like, listen, you can kill me afterwards, but I'm here to fight. I'm here to help your you. side. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he'll end up getting through the trial. Yeah, obviously. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then he'll, I wonder who will kill him. I, I wonder if he'll even die. He's my first pick, so he better die. Why well, do you I, think he'll die? He's going to die. I'm going to need him to Why? Die. He's going to die. He has no reason to live. <laughs> sure, he does. Why? It's going to be very emotional. I, I was going to say he's. Probably the best fighter on the planet, but he's not anymore with his golden hand. Yeah. Um, he's very bad. What do you think? <laughs> he's, he's like mediocre now, yeah. yeah you, know what was re- you know what I was really pumped about last night, by the way? 
He's like that, the Nick Pavetta. That after that, uh, after that scene with Cersei, but not very good. After that scene with Cersei, like now I know Bronn's gonna die. So that was good. That was helpful. Yeah, and you know, like she sent him off to go kill uh, Tyrion, and Tyrion and Jaime. And Jaime. So I, no I, chance he does. Now that. I know he's gonna die. So Wait, why? Well, he might not even do it. He might not decide to go kill them. Uh, well, he'll he'll die in the matter. He's not gonna just like go off and be happy. You have him? No, in no, no. Too? Oh yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Talk uh, about that. We did a pool last night in my house. Nice. Where it, it, there was like 20 names. You have to choose whether or not they, uh, by the end of the season, are they alive, are they dead, or do they turn into a White Walker? So I had two picks to turn into a White Walker. Um, I felt really good about it last night. I thought it was going to happen right then and there. I had Tormund turning into a White Walker. That'd be a scary White Walker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, the blue eye comment was funny. I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. about this afterwards, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but uh, I chose the mountain. Like, if he gets uh, killed somehow. No. I should have chose guys that are more in the north, like Grey Worm. Like, maybe there's a chance he turns. Oh, that'd be cool. White Walker. That'd be sick. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just thought, like, if the Night King ends up killing people in King's Landing, if he gets that far, uh, he might be like, oh, I see this big guy. Let me turn him into a White Walker kind of thing. Yeah. That's why I chose the mountain. Oh, that'd be sick. You just call him White Worm? <laughs> White Worm. Grey Worm. I like that. More like No Worm, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Wow. Got uh, him. Wow. <laughs> or Grey Worm. Got him. Or Grey Worm. Has a girlfriend and can't do anything about it. Yeah. Right, they well, just cuddle with each other. It's a good time for her, I guess. <laughs> not so much for him. Could be. You know. Yeah. yeah he's like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They rub each other. They rub each <laughs> other. That's what they do. Yeah. A little ass grabbing. Nice. That's nice. The conversation, <laughs> the conversation between Varys and, and Tyrion was nice. That was fun. Oh, yeah. That was great. That was cool. And uh, Davos getting in the mix. Davos Seaworth in the mix, yeah. Yeah. I like that everybody's yeah, getting together. Man. Like, he always has the funniest moments of, of- Tyrion? Tormund. Uh, Tormund. Tormund, yeah, Tormund always had the funniest moments, man. Like, yeah. the blue eyes thing was great. I've always had blue eyes. That was great. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, last season, like, any dialogue that he has with it's the hound is just gold. Yeah. It's gold. It is. Oh, it's awesome. And that he loves Brienne. He does love Brienne. <laughs> All right. Monster Let's talk about your boy. Let's start there, Chris. Are we talking about your, your boy? boy or your boy. I have a lot of boys. Your boy from yesterday. Oh. Okay. I don't know. The main boy. The main boy. The main boy. This not, is your boy. This is your boy. Today, oh, 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 oh. The not guy who's the ripping? Today. Ripping. Um, from, from the mound, Chris. Oh, oh, from the mound. Okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. I got you. You ready now? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Herman Marquez was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Would have been perfect for a while if it wasn't for a hit batter. Had a no hitter for a while. But he was amazing mm-hmm. facing the Giants. Which is... Again. <laughs> but enjoy it while you have it. Is Herman Marquez, and I ask you, Chris, because you're the Marquez guy, yeah. the perfect sell-high candidate right now? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if I'd sell him. Oh, it depends on what I would get, right? So, you know, if I'm getting like a, a possibly elite pitcher, yes. Uh, but otherwise, no. I think he's somewhat for real. You know, obviously, this is against the Giants. He's going to have his downs. But I think for the most part, you're going to get a good start out of him. Like, you know, three out of four games, you'll get a good start. I think, obviously, like, he's someone for real. We've seen it last yeah, year. We've yeah. seen it enough. Like, what we're seeing is, is true. But, Frankie, given that three of the store, four stars, four stars, excuse me, are against the Giants, given that he plays at course Field for the majority of his games, theoretically. Right. Isn't this the perfect opportunity it is to a see good what time. you can get mm-hmm. for Herman Marquez? Yeah, definitely. But I feel like a lot of people are going to be onto it. Like, they're going to know what you're trying to do, obviously. Look, we're not hiding it. Nine shutout innings yesterday. Goes a complete game shutout. One hit. You mentioned a hit batter. Nine strikeouts. He was awesome. The underlying numbers also 
really, really good for Herman Marquez. And I've been very critical of him, and I'm going to continue to be critical of him. Uh, and it's not because of him. It's because of where he pitches mm-hmm. in Coors Field in Colorado. Three out of four of his starts have been on the road. He's had some good matchups already. He faced the Giants. He faced uh, Tampa Bay, which was okay. But the swinging strike rate is above league average. First pitch strike percentage, 71%. I love that. Yeah. He's getting people to chase pitches out of his strike zone 33.7% of the time. That's up 3% from last year. There's a lot to like. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably closer to his peripheral numbers, Greg. The The FIP has him at 3.63. The XFIP has him at sense. 3.49. But if you can get a 3.6, a 3.5, or a 3.6 ERA out of Herman Marquez for, from where he was going as your, mm-hmm. you know, your SP3, a strikeout per inning pitcher like that with you know, a decent whip, maybe, you know, 1.2, something a little bit lower than that. Mm-hmm. I think you would take that. You would take that 100%. The yeah. problem is you're going to take a lot of good with a lot of bad. Right? Of Colorado. It's going to be hard to trust him in Colorado. Correct. I, yesterday he dominates the Giants. That game was in San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. I have a question, okay? It, are we overrating this Colorado thing? Because let's think about the pass, right? No. Colorado's Before, undefeated, dude. No, Undefeated, but think about this, okay? Her mama kids, Kyle Freeland, and uh, John Gray. Yeah. Well, especially Marquez and Freeland haven't been there very long. Before that, before these three guys came, who were their pitchers? Aaron Cook, uh, Mike Hampton. These are their best pitchers ever. Well, you balled they have bad pitchers all the time. You balled an amazing first half. Let's not go that far. An amazing first half. Yeah, he did. That was it. That was it. True. Because he was a big-time K pitcher at the time. I think you got to be a K pitcher to survive there. I agree. Or a ground ball pitcher. I, oh, like Aaron Cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how we keep going Aaron Cook. This is hysterical. Aaron Cook was actually a good one of their best pitchers, Colorado. In the past, before this era... Was one of their best pitchers in the past, like, 15 years. Think about it. Colorado don't, don't, never has good pitchers. Never. I think maybe they're... Well, I, I, so, but I think they don't have good pitchers because it's impossible to pitch there. I think it's more that the product of the talent that's come through there has been, hasn't been great. Dude, and Aaron, now it's Aaron better. Cook's awful. <laughs> He's had a couple of decent years. Why are we talking about Aaron <laughs> Cook? <laughs> but I, I understand what you're saying. He was their ace for, like, three years. Herman Marquez has... <laughs> uh, he has eight Ks per nine so far this year. Yeah. He's got... Near 54% ground ball rate, so I agree with you on that. But the one start that he pitched in Coors Field, he didn't do well. No. So it's – and there's people there's people on Twitter doing victory laps. Oh, you know, oh look look how good Hermet Marquez is. Oh, of course they this are. And this and this. It's like, okay. This well, is their chance three, to. Three of yeah. these starts have been on the road. Like, let's be serious with ourselves here, guys. Mm-hmm. And Giants. Would you trade – here we go. Yep. Right now, would you trade Hermet Marquez for Zach Wheeler? I would, but you know I'm I'm very high on Zach Wheeler. Still are. I'm, okay. I'm looking at my starting pitcher rankings coming into the year. I had I had Wheeler SP14. I understand. Mm-hmm. That means nothing to me now. Yep. Right? Well, he pitched really well that last start, which was important. Well, okay, I would say he pitched really well. He pitched fine. Well, well, he walked. He walked a bunch of guys. Well, who'd they play again? Um, Bravos. The Braves. Yeah. So you know, good, pretty good lineup. Yeah, he pitched fine. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I worry about him this week too. And I spoke to this. Uh, I spoke to Greg about this downstairs. Mm-hmm. He's going up against the Phillies in Philadelphia. There are a few spots that, to me, are almost near you have to bench this guy. And in cores and in Philadelphia, I think are pretty much to as, as close to um, must bench as possible. And he's been walking a lot of guys, and the Phillies have a ton of guys who love to walk, too, and are very patient. So mm. I will say this. I, I would bench Wheeler. Zach Wheeler this week overall. If I could trade Marquez for Wheeler, I would. Fast forward three days later, he started Zach Wheeler. <laughs> I, did, I, did start I, I worry him. about it. Like I did it very hesitantly. Yeah, I mean, well, if you, you obviously don't have a much better option or two star guy. Now I got a lot of two star guys this week. That's why I'm benching him. But um, 
I don't know. I don't know if I'd do that trade. The thing I think is going to keep Marquez relevant no matter what is the Ks. He's always going to have, I think, a high K rate. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just going to keep him, you know, as a guy that gets you a lot of points, especially in points leagues. You know, points leagues, the K means a lot. Pitching deep into games means a lot. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd trade him for Wheeler. I'm on the fence about that. That's a 50-50. It's a good question. So I would say I don't know right now. But, I mean, he is definitely a great sell-high guy. I'll agree with I that. I mean, let, let's run down the list a little bit more here, Grady. Would you do it for Jack Flaherty? Absolutely. I, do, I want Jack Flaherty. I want, I, I want the Jack Flaherty side. Yeah, yeah. Venture? Yeah, maybe I'd be on the Flaherty side for that. What about Jamison Tyone? He hasn't been dominant by any means to start the year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's Marquez hard. I would, I would rather have, have Tyone. I agree. Pitching in Pittsburgh. I, look, the NL Central is no cakewalk, but I They're you safer. can't argue that pitching in at P- Pittsburgh is much better than Coors. I think you're right. I think like Tyone and, um, and Flaherty are safer in being cons- more consistent. Like Marquez Mike is going to get shelled once in a while. It's going to happen Here's in Colorado. Strasburg. Mar- Marquez or Strasburg? <sighs> I think I got I think it. this is close. I think I'd still, I would trade him for, for Strasburg. I think I would take Strasburg. Greg, Marquez or Strasburg? That's very close for me. Very close for me. I lean Marquez. Really? That's very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you that it is very, very close. I just... Uh, there's injury concern, obviously, with Strasburg. Yeah. It is close. I think I'm with you, though. I think I would take Marquez, too. There's going to be a lot of good for Marquez. There's going to be a lot of bad. But, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's the range that we're in. So he's, he's a top 25 starting pitcher, Greg. Basically, like the way we're talking about him, he's a top 25 starter. Which I think makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, again, that's right around where I had him ranked. I mean, it's a year. I had him, you know, 22nd starting pitcher. And there's a lot of players who were drafted in that range who are not performing very well to start the year. Miles Mikolas has not been great. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Tanaka was great until yesterday. Kind of got killed by a wall scraping grand slam, which was very annoying. It was very bad. Yeah, uh, Luis Castillo. Like I'd rather have Castillo, obviously, than than Marquez. Uh, but Tim they're Anderson, close. I see some parallels there. Um, uh, and then, you know what? There's a lot of pitching that hasn't been good, Greg. Yeah. How about this? How about Musgrove? Paxton. He's been awesome. Paxton's rather have Musgrove or, or, or been amazing. I'd rather have Marquez. Though. Yeah, like yeah, I think there's a little bit more upside. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Musgrove has been awesome. He has been, been fantastic. Yeah, Paxton's been real bad. Oh my god, he's been so awful. So that's a guy. Yeah, would you Marquez is paying off. Trade. I would rather have Marquez. I think. Yeah, at this point, is that crazy? Uh, it's a little reactionary. Very much reactionary. Yeah, but I mean, what, I, I would rather have. What Paxton has Paxton still. really proven besides what he did last year? You He's know, a, what has well, he the really year before proven? that? He was really good too. I mean, we have a sample now of the past two, three years of Paxton of him being an elite strikeout pitcher. Strikeout, right. talking like 11, 12 Ks per nine. That, that's even better than Marquez. A lot better than Marquez. Well, Marquez is still. So the strikeout stuff up there is, with the strikeouts. Yeah, he is. But I mean, as good as he is, Paxton's better. Paxton's okay. better. So but I would think Marquez goes deeper into games. He had a tough start against the Astros. The Astros are you know going to be a tough start for everyone. And they were talking about him uh, yesterday on the Yankees broadcast that he was tipping pitches uh, in his last start. Carlos Beltran noticed it. Yeah, it's something that he's working on to to try and remedy that. So I think better days are coming for Paxton. Yeah, I know a lot of people weren't on Paxton coming into the year because uh, they worried about the home runs in uh, in Yankee Stadium, but. You worry mo- mostly about lefties, uh, lefty batters in Yankee Stadium, and the fact that he's a lefty pitcher obviously you know, mitigates that somewhat. Mm-hmm. So I-, I, would, 
I would still take Paxton. I don't want to react too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. I Easy. would take Marquez. That's just. You take Marquez too. But again, being reactionary, you face the Giants three times. Like, I'm the guy you want. I'm the guy you want right yeah. now. Some of my responses. Ray on Greg, like I did. He faced the Giants three times, but he also dominated. Are you guys going to make a trade? You going to trade for his oh, Pavetta? Yeah. Pavetta. Yeah, I, I still want Pavetta. All right, well, let's do this right now. We've got to do it over the weekend. Well, we got to do it now? All right. All right, who do you, who do you give me for Pavetta? I'll give you Pavetta. He's two star, two star pitcher this week, so you want him now. Oh, you got to get him. got to get him. Okay. I have to look things over real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I don't even know who I, who's on your team again. Yeah. We, we tried to do this the other day. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I remember, Gonzalez, Frank. I remember. Marco Gonzalez, Frankie Montas, Charlie Morton, mm. Domingo Herman. Steven Matz. Jameson Tyone. Well, we just... Oh, no, that was... <laughs> I was about to say. You're not getting Jameson Tyone for Pavetta. I'll tell you that no. right now. No. How about Carrasco? He's been crap to start the year, too. Absolutely not. Awful. awful, yeah. No, I know you're not going to do it for Pavetta, <laughs> but he's just been terrible to start the I think I said I was going to do it for two out of three, right? Of Matz, Matz Marco, Marco, Frankie. Montas. Right? Maybe two, Domingo Herman was in that mix, too. Right, 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 right. Okay. Is that what's still happening? And uh, and he wanted to ask the deal from you. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I just said as long as he... Throw back Frankie. Throw Frankie's a uh, catcher. You get Frankie. Yeah, yeah that's fine. I'll, I'll still make the trade with you. So you give him Asudio and Pavetta, and you give him Savelli. Yeah. Two starting pitchers. Correct. Two. That's what we two said the whole out time. Of, uh, out of Matt, Marco, Montas. They're all the same. And Herman. All these guys are the same. You want Pavetta? Not to me. So you, you, you can pick the two. How's that? You can pick the two. All right. I'll think about it. That's fair. Two starting pitches is still you valuable. Can, you can pick the two that you want. Okay. I was trying to make it. We'll discuss it. That's fair. Greggy, just wheeling and dealing. Why not? to get rid of Pavetta. It's fun. It's too crap. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I'm reactionary. It is. I'm going to tell you. I'm reactionary. Yeah. (laughs) We'll take a break. We'll have more reactions to what we witnessed this weekend around the MLB right after this. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631. 800-961-3631. 800-961-3631. 800-961-3631. 
weekend fantasy update. Like you said, I've been beating this drum forever about the home plate umpire. I think they're terrible. Absolutely terrible. I think, uh, you know, the K-Zone quest, they only shows it um, when you see it on TV. I understand that's not perfect. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But what I like about the K-Zone and Quest Tech, at least the strike zone would be the same for everybody. There'd be no more of mm-hmm. this bull crap of one player or one pitcher having a different strike zone than the next. You know, some players, the umpire is giving the benefit of the doubt to. Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. We are back on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank, Chris, Greg, going over some of the big performances from this weekend. We hit on uh, a lot on, on Herman Marquez right there. But I wanted to get in on some of these other pitchers from yesterday. In particular, my guy, Vinny V. So I started, obviously, Zach Eflon on Saturday, which was a disaster. Any, any nervous? Any, any nervous now about Zach Eflon? Eflon. Eflin. <laughs> Eflon. Like Ef- Zach Eflon's Eflon. brother? Yeah. Uh, no. No, there's still, there's still a lot start. to like. And even, even after the start, I mean, the strikeout rate is, has been massive. The swinging strike rate. Um, look, he, we knew he wasn't going to be a, a sub-two. A hidden gem, the yeah. Season. yeah. Obviously, it surprised us that it happened against the Marlins, especially the fact that you know, he pitches in the NLE, so he's going to have some tougher matchups oh. to come. Mm-hmm. Obviously, going up against uh, the Nationals, who did have a nice start against uh, to start the year. And against the Mets, you know, it's not an easy lineup to face. So um, he's a back-end-of-your-rotation guy. You stream him. Yeah, I think most of the time you'll be, you'll be streaming uh, Eflin. No, I'm not, I'm not just jumping ship. Because yeah, I wouldn't drop him. But his teammate, the day after, Vinny Velasquez, pitch well. It's pretty well. Based the Marlins in Miami. Mm-hmm. I get it. The thing that's actually kind of concerning me about Velasquez. Hayes? Yeah. He's not striking anybody out anymore. Mm-hmm. Four strikeouts yesterday. You're used to when Velasquez goes, he, he tries to get you double the strikeouts. Yeah. This season has been the case. He's trying to stay longer in the game. He's trying to pitch the contact a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that, Chris. Yeah, I don't know if I do either. <laughs> I don't know if... Uh, I'm looking for Hayes or Vinny. I didn't get him. That's what you want from him, right? Yeah. But also, when he K'd people, he also... He's still walking. He's still walking. He's still walking. Now he's not striking him out. Yeah, he's not striking him out. But he used to walk a lot of people, be really erratic, get hit. You know, he was a mess. Um, Maybe this is a better way to have him, though. I don't know yet. You know what I mean? Maybe he's a better Vince Velasquez. Maybe he's a pitcher, not just a thrower. Well, we're going to find out. I doubt it. (laughs) Uh, We're going to find out based on uh, the way he's been pitching. Yeah. Uh, The swinging strike rate has been abysmal. It's under 6%. Uh, First pitch strike percentage has been also terrible. Man, Greg, I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors here with uh, with Vince Velasquez and, and the fact that he pitches in Citizens Bank and he's always had home run issues as well. Uh, the strand rate is super high. The bat is super low. Uh, unless he starts to get swings and misses again, like normally we say we say this about guys who uh, walk a lot of batters is that if you have strikeouts, at least it somewhat cancels out. Right, you can wiggle your way out of jams um, if you strike people out and you're and you're getting guys on base, but. Walk guys, and you give up home runs. It's just a recipe for disaster. I think I think we've seen some smoke and mirrors here out of Vince Velasquez. Yeah, if you want to stream him once in a while when a good start against the Marlins, sure, sure. sure. But, but you're not holding him. Are you going to trust him at home in Citizens Bank against the Mets? No. Oh no, no chance. And I wouldn't hold him in like a weekly league, even in the back end. I agree. Yeah, I agree. There's better options. Okay, one of those better options is Ross Stripling's who Stripling who went eight innings. Three Ks, allowed one run. 
We said that Stripling or Urias was the two most likely to bounce from the rotation at some point. We'll see. We're all Stripling making his case, Frank. Yeah, I think that's exactly what he wanted to do here is uh, remind you how good he can be, and that's exactly what he did. The strikeouts weren't there, which I find interesting. The strikeouts are actually down overall this year uh, for Ross Stripling. The swinging strike rate also down, but getting opposing batters to chase his pitches at a you know 35% clip, league average is around uh, 29 30%. So that's up for him this season. Still pounding the strike zone, uh, getting ahead early in counts. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little surprised that we haven't seen as many strikeouts it's a lot of ground balls, 49% ground ball rate. I think this was a little bit of a reminder to the Dodgers and to fantasy owners, like, hey, I want to stay in the rotation. Uh, and I guess there's a chance that the Dodgers can go with a six-man rotation. Uh, Kershaw is returning today. Looks like he will have a two-start hey. week unless they do go with that six-man rotation. Looks like Rich Hill is coming back sooner rather than later. You know, maybe a corresponding move is uh, like a, a phantom IL stint for Walker Bueller for him to get right. Uh, but I think, as of now, if they had to boot someone from the rotation, I think it would not be He's stripling. Mm. And I think that's what fantasy owners want to hit here, obviously, too. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been lights out this year. I mean, you know, he's had a few starts, you know, three, stripling? four earned runs for yeah. Ross Stripling. But yesterday mm-hmm. was very dominant. He got hit by the, the Giants. He gave three earned to the Giants. St. Louis, he gave a four. But he pitched well yesterday, yes. Uh, I think that's pretty much what you're getting with stripling all year. You know, up and down. I mean, no one really drafted him to be a top guy anyway. Um, what was I going to say? But someone else uh, came to my interest. Um, Verdugo. Three, uh, what was he, 2-4 yesterday? Three RBIs? Yeah. What's, so, the, what's the situation with this? So guy? the thing with Alex Verdugo, and we've said this a lot, he's awesome. Yeah. Matt Modica's been on him for years at this point. Yeah. He's great. I love Alex Verdugo. Me too. Doesn't play every day. Exactly. That's it's very a frustrating. Mm-hmm. Very, very frustrating. And I think in a daily league, maybe you can handle it, put him in, put him out. But in a weekly league, there's nothing you can do. And that but, sucks. But can you have the foresight to see that this guy's going to start soon? Um, he's got three homers, nine RBIs already, a triple, two doubles. He's batting 343. Like, this guy's going to break into the lineup and start every day soon. I can't see how, how he wouldn't. Is there somebody that we could just kick out of the outfield right now in Dodgers camp? My problem with Verdugo is if the Dodgers trusted him and wanted him to be an everyday player, they wouldn't have signed A.J. Pollock. Why did they sign A.J. Pollock? Right. I mean, he's a you know, veteran, 30-plus-year-old outfielder who has been injury-prone. If there was ever a time to hand it over to Alex Verdugo and say, hey, we want you to play every single day, we trust you. Now's it would have been now and this offseason, but they go and sign a guy like Pollock. Now, that's also a double-edged sword because... Pollock is very injury-prone, as I mentioned. So, I mean, we're one injury away from Alex Verdugo being the top waiver-wire ad and, and a guy that you're spending, like, you know, over $200 of your fab budget mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, if something were to happen to Pollock. But I just don't know how much faith the Dodgers have in him yet. And they, they do this with their, with their young players. Yeah. They take time developing them. And it kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Javi Baez and Joe Madden and the Cubs and for years, we wanted them to just hand it over to Baez, play him every single day. Well, it happened last year, and it paid off major for both the Cubs and for fantasy owners. And maybe that's all part of the process is you bring these guys along slowly, and they can develop at their own pace, and they don't have high expectations, and then eventually one year they're going to take off. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to happen for Verdugo. Is it going to happen this year? I'm you, not sure. You know what they should do? 
they should trade Jock Peterson. And they, he, they had chances because the White Sox were very interested in the offseason. And again, they didn't do it. They had opportunities to hand this over to Verdugo, yeah. and they didn't do it. Because he, he could replace Peterson easily. Peterson's a lefty who only plays well versus righties. You could just replace him with Verdugo, who's just a better hitter and could face lefties and righties. And there's a chance you could see Jock or Verdugo traded at some point this year, right. um, given whatever help the Dodgers could find themselves needing uh, around the deadline. Obviously, the Dodgers have pieces. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they got Machado last year without giving Verdugo up. Yeah. And a lot of people Very are excited surprising. about using the LDS, but Verdugo has more upside, in mm-hmm. my opinion. You know, just him versus using the LDS. Sure. So I was surprised that they were able... I, I was not impressed with that haul last year that the Orioles got back from Machado. I, I thought if anything was going to happen, it was going to be, you know, either Urias or, or Verdugo ending up in Baltimore. It didn't happen. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, again, if one of those guys get traded. Um, I think Verdugo obviously has a lot more shine. He's a couple of years younger than Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. I agree that if he had a chance to play every single day, he, he was could, one of the top waiver options. Yes. People would blow money on him, and rightfully so, but it's not happening right now. Th- that's why term, it's not happening. Right, and that's why if you have some sort of good for like if you could see it coming, grab him as soon as you can because you'll get him for much cheaper. You know, you'll get him under the radar before everybody else does. Because once that happens, you know, like you said, he's going to cost a fortune. And, you and don't that's want that. what Modica was saying, too, regarding totally. relievers, right? You try to totally. be a couple of weeks early rather than a couple of weeks late, late, and you don't have to spend all this money. So if you play, the perfect format to have Verdugo is if you play in a deeper league and you have deeper bench spots. Daily. And you don't right. have to rely on starting these guys every day and you just want to stash a few guys. I know it's harder with all the injuries. That's where you want to stash Verdugo. Again, he's one injury away to a Pollock or, you know, God forbid, Cody Ballinger. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We, we don't want that. that. No, no. Or, or Jock Peterson. He's one injury away. And uh, you know, well, this is what we were talking about with Garrett Hampson. Uh, unfortunately, Hampson hasn't taken off, but there was multiple injuries that happened, you know, in, in a week for the Rockies. Hampson's starting to heat up a little bit. And he's well, bat- he batted second. So yes. they were Hampson. Last half full for Hampson. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, I know Hampson hasn't had any power. He has had no speed, but. I believe he's only walked one time on the season. He's yeah. hit in five straight games. Yes, he has. He's getting there. Very modest. Trying time. Try to get that average up to 200. These guys, yeah. they're both. They're, they're both the glass half full for Garrett Hansen right now. And I get it. You want to be excited about him. Yes. And they haven't played a lot of games at Coors. They just had four games in San Francisco, which is the opposite of Coors Field, basically. Right. He's trying. But yeah. He's got a five-game hit streak. He has one game with multiple hits in that span. He doesn't uh, strike out much. He what are you talking about? He struck out five times in the last three games. Did he really? Yes. Oh, Including one game where he struck out three times. <laughs> He's not supposed to strike out much. Well, you know what? The majors, a little bit of a different beast. Than he, he, the he's growing. He, he, I think he'll get there. I think he's going to take a lot longer than most. Than most he'll months. get there. He'll, he'll get, get there. there. Come on. He's bad in second. You also got to like that he played left field. In, in 15 games, yeah, he's basically their utility guy. He can bounce around. Yeah. In 15 games, he has 14 strikeouts to one walk. Not good. All right, so it'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to walk a lot right Look, away. I would say this. Based on his minor league profile, he shouldn't strike out this much. Right. You know, he was uh, last year in AAA. He hit 314 with a 17% strikeout rate. So, normally, the strikeout rate raises, you know, 5-6% in the majors. So, mm-hmm. he's probably more of like a 22-23% strikeout rate. Right. It shouldn't be 28% where he's at right now. So, I agree. He should get better. And he's just adjusting. Modest five-game hit streak going on for the, for the Rockies right now. But he's going to play every day. And I like that the Rockies bat- batted him second yesterday. Getting a little confidence in Hampton. He's batted sec- bat second each of the last three days. Beautiful. For the Colorado Rockies who are in San Diego for a little two-game set. And then they head home to face Philly. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's a four game series, I believe, in Can Colorado. For it's against Philly, you're saying? Against Philly, four game series in Colorado. That so is is that that is correct? That's gonna be. I mean, <laughs> that's gonna be fun. Fireworks. fireworks. We have our DFS contest on Friday. It's gonna be all Phillies and Rockies. Yeah, basically. I mean, if you can afford them, the prices are gonna be astronomical. <laughs> the Rockies haven't really been hitting though. I mean, but again, they haven't been home. Yeah. So we'll see later on in the week. Yeah, we will. Um, what do I want to mention here next? Where do I want to go next? I wanted to go to yeah, Corey Kluber. So, Corey Kluber, once again, Frank, yeah. doesn't get the job done for Cleveland. I know you were off him. You have no shares of him. You didn't want him. But now, we talked about Herman Marquez and selling and me being reactionary at certain points. Certain points. How reactionary are you being right now on Corey Kluber? Kluber. This is an interesting one because, look, if you're a believer that he's going to bounce back, then... This is, there's no better time to buy low on Corey Kluber. I mean, he's got an ERA over six. His whip is 1.84. It's awful. It's been garbage. Yesterday against the Royals. I mean, you'd expect that to be a solid start. I know the wind was blowing out this weekend in Kansas City, and Carlos Carrasco, his teammate, also gets bombed on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the DFS contest. He was the, he was the highest priced starting pitcher on Friday night. And Which, by the way, through. you got to give it up to Mike Florio. He, did he won? Win. Took it home. He nice. And, and my, my buddy Bip finished in second place. Nice. So We didn't. Yeah, he uh, he had Austin Meadows. Basically, if you had any of uh, the double donk guys, Eloy, yep. um, Austin Meadows, then you probably had a good night. Mm-hmm. But uh, regarding- I thought I was having... Let's go back to this for a second. I thought I was having a really good night, too. I put up a lot of points, I thought. Yeah, I... Uh, what place are you coming? I came in seventh. I had 153 points. Right? Yeah. That was good. What did, what did Mike Florida have? We were at 200. Yeah. 200. Yeah, so I had 190 the week before when it wasn't for money. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finishing second to last place uh, this time around. By the so, way, just so you know, very well. so when Frank, when it counts when it's for money, Frank doesn't bother even checking his team. Doesn't bother. He didn't bother? Uh, you know, Greg, Greg's trying to call me out here. First of all, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was my... The anniversary of the day that I met my fiance. So we're out to dinner. <laughs> I set my lineup, and I come back and see that Rugnet Odor did not play. So I was super pissed, and I was like five minutes late. It what like lineup 8, are we 10. talking about I here? I pull Fandle. my phone out Fandle. here in FanDuel. I pull my phone out, and I see uh, Rugnet Odor scratched. And then, of course, he lands on the IL. So that was crap. Yeah. Everyone else in my lineup played, Greg. They just well, that was, they see, basically wait, didn't play. Wait, wait, see, that, they were so that was, half of my, <laughs> that was my half of my text to you. The other half was not only did you start Rugnet Odor, you started Greg Burns. Well, yeah, it was that, super cheap. That's like an automatic zero. Mm. You know, <laughs> I, I made terrible lineups. Don't tinker too much. It's daily. Problem. It's daily also. Because origi- in my it's original Greg Bird, lineup, Chris. In my original no, I know. Lineup, he's, probably, he's probably cheap. I made a lineup in the morning just to kind of like set it up, and then I was going to come back and change it later on, which is what I did. Earlier on in the day, I had Yuli Gurriel in my lineup. He hits a grand slam. Yeah. I take him out for Greg Bird, who puts up a zero. <laughs> I, uh, I had Eloy Jimenez in my lineup. Oh, really? I and did I too. I take him out, and I think I put in like Mark Hanna. Someone garbage like that. Yeah. So, there you go. I mean, that'll do it right there. That's, yeah. a, that's a huge swing. Like, yeah, you're right. I had some, had like 40 points. I had some really good picks Julie in Julie Gurriel too, had man. over 30. Yeah, I had, awesome. So, I had Yuli in my lineup. I had Elvis Andres in my lineup. Who is your pitcher must have been crap. No, Paddock. He just didn't get the win. He pitched great. Oh. But he didn't get the quality start either. That's like you, right. you want guys that go deep right. into games. Yeah. And I think I had Eduardo Rodriguez that night. You he did. was very chalky, but... I had Wheeler, which worked, but... Yeah, he gave eight. Because he, he was kind of cheap. The win. Yeah, I, and you're right, though. I, my first lineup, I had Eloy in there because right. he was so $2, cheap. $2, yeah, it was $2,000. So uh, I had someone else. I think I had Meadows in there. 
Wow. And then I took them all out and refabricated my lineup. Yeah. Don't tinker too much. That's what I enjoy. But that's why I don't like the daily because it's like you never know who's going to hit a home run or two home runs in one there, game. There's so much variance in baseball. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, it's very hard to project baseball on a nightly basis. On a weekly basis, is a little easier, you know? I, that's why I think, you know, most of the time, like, even if guys are cheaper, so that's what I like. I, I did is I, I took Jose Ramirez because he was dirt cheap. He's like $3,400. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you know, he's going to break For his talent. Yeah, put him in too. So just try and get talented guys into your lineup. And, you know, Eloy Jimenez hadn't shown up yet, but we know the talent is there. Right. Austin Meadows has shown up all year, and the talent was also there on yeah. Friday. So I think ultimately just try and get talented guys into your lineup. Don't worry about, you know, lefty versus righty matchup too much. yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I stacked that Rangers and A's game because it was in Texas. And it seemed like it was a good environment. And it was... Pitching match was bad. Bruce Smiley against Mike Fires. So right. I wanted to get a lot of those guys. And ultimately, it just uh, it didn't work out. I went with the matchups more than I did just trusting talented players. Right, right, That's right. That's why I got burned. Uh, it, but It's a hard balance. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, regarding Corey Kluber, I'll tell you this, Greg. In the two starts that he's gotten shelled this year were ones where he struggled with command. Yeah. yeah. You know, five y- walks. Yesterday, yeah. five walks. That's bad. In two that's not, innings? That's not like Corey Kluber. And, mm. and the two starts that he gave you a quality start, he was one walk in both of those. And then against the White Sox where he got bombed and just didn't have anything, it was three walks. And you know, I was looking at pitching leaderboards yesterday, Greg, and there was a name that kept popping up on all of them for good reasons, and it was Corey Kluber. So I don't want to paint this picture as it's all bad because the swinging strike rate this season has been really good. And the first pitch strike percentage has been really good. And the chase rate has been really good. So there are underlying skills that still look good with Kluber. But I'll tell you this, his hard hit rate, when he's pitching in the zone and and people are seeing the ball well against him, Mm -hmm. they're mashing. Yeah. So, I mean, if you couple, like, the games where he just doesn't have it and he's walking guys and people are also squaring him up because they have a 44% hard hit rate against him. Right. I don't care if you have a theory about a juice ball or not. If you're sure. a starting pitcher that's giving up a 44% hard hit rate, it's not good. You're going to get bombed at times. Yeah. And that's what's happening with with Corey Kluber. He's just I think he's going to bounce back though. He's not necessarily fooling people. Right. Yeah, he's going to bounce back in the Like I would step. trade Marquez in a hot second for Corey Kluber. I will give up Marquez you know what? for Kluber. That might be something that you can actually pull off. Yeah. It might be I, I would do that in a hot second, yeah. I think you can pull that off. There's you could you of, might be able to pull that off. Good. We'll uh, be back to wrap it all up after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. Make it rain. You don't have to announce to the whole world that you don't like wrestling or Game of Thrones or Harry Potter, really any other show, movie, sport, anything that you don't watch, really not necessary. I don't really care if you watch Game I could really care less if you watch Game of Thrones or not. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I'm certainly not rubbing it out going, you know what? I don't understand, man. The fact that I don't watch it means I can't comment on it. That's the whole freaking point of it, man. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. 
especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The Morning After. I'm not on Team Tiger. Like, I've never been in awe of Tiger Woods. But this was 14 years in between Masters wins uh, for Tiger Woods, which is freaking very, very incredible to me. That's like something that, in my mind, this really, really enhances the legacy. It's freaking impossible. Ricky Fowler still hasn't won once. Tiger just did it again. I got to tip my white bald head to this guy. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Scary sight uh, in Paris right now, as the Notre Dame Cathedral, one of the most famous cathedrals in the world, is on fire. Wow! Yes. Really? Yeah. And that it is the, one of the oldest and most famous cathedrals in the world. I'm getting goosebumps actually thinking about it. I was there a couple summers ago. Yeah. I was literally talking about it uh, with Judy's mom yesterday about the cathedral and. It is now burning. Some sort of terrorism? I, I don't know. I haven't seen the word terrorism anywhere. So far, what they're saying is because they've been doing renovations on, on the cathedral. Um, what they're saying is that it started in the attic uh, of the cathedral where they are uh, taking care of renovations. So, M- mistake? Mistake of some, some sort. Some kind of construction gone wrong or something. Who knows? Very scary. Yeah. Very, very scary. The other, um, the other news I just saw break on Twitter, a little uh, less important, which it shouldn't be. But not really baseball related. Not really baseball related either. Mm-hmm. Um, Donald Trump has announced that Tiger Woods is going to be given the Presidential Medal of Freedom. For now, Greg, what does that mean? The president. It, it is the highest civilian honor that a man can get, or a man or a woman can get. The best a man can civilian get. Civilian honor. Civilian honor. She's so not like a. A member of government, or he's not, or the uh, Nobel Peace Prize, or in the army, or anything like that. He's just a, a civilian. Mm-hmm. So, like Joe Biden got it, like when he was retiring, or ret- leaving the vice presidency, and like Vince Scully, like, people get it. Like Vince Scully's gotten it, uh, Meryl Streep's gotten it. Like mm-hmm. people get it. Okay, but it's just funny that like this guy, Tiger Woods, through all of his right, you know, negative negativity. Now there's a lot of it. You win the Masters. You get the presidential yeah. era freedom. That's what happens when you're friends with Donald Trump, I guess. There you go. Seriously. Yeah. Greg, are, are you closer to the side of, uh, of buying low on Corey Kluber or just I want nothing to do with it? Because this might be – he just falls off a cliff. I think I'm more, I'm more on the side of he's going to figure it out. We've seen, close, we've seen slow starts from Corey Kluber before. I mean, I don't know if it's been this bad. Right. But we've seen slow starts from Kluber before. Mm-hmm. And I, depending on how low you can go, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I, I'm interested. Right. You take the shot here. Would you so trade Luis Castillo to uh, Kluber? I don't know if I'd do that. Yes. Sell so buy low, sell high, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it is. Would you trade, would you trade Jameson Town to get him? No. I would. You would. I, I, would you trade Wheeler to get him? Definitely not. I, mean, I, I love him. I just love Wheeler. I'm, uh, I'm further away from this. Away from I'll tell you this, though. I'm, I'm more on the side of I, I don't really want anything to do with it. Right He's now. going to bounce back somewhat because he, his bad bit right now is 390. It's the fourth worst in the league. 
But the his pitchers. hard hit rate is 44%. Like, he's getting squared up. Right now. Right. Right now he is. But that'll go down. And his FIP is 405. And his ERA right now is 616. So, there's going to be, you know, a regression to the mean. I agree with that. Which would yeah, be a positive not regression. not going to have an ERA over six. I, I agree with that totally. Yeah. But, you know, even, let's say... He gets it down to, by season's end, he's he's below four ERA, which he can easily do. Look, you you put together a few uh, six, seven-inning uh, shutout games, and the ERA will already be under four. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people who drafted him in the second, third round were expecting a... Lights out. Low threes ERA, mm-hmm. maybe a sub-three ERA. I just don't know if that's going to happen anymore. There's just warning signs for me. He's an enigma. He's a hard one to figure out because... Again, I, I spoke about the skills, and there's still a lot to like here, but the fastball velocity is down, and the hard hit rate is up, and he's the ground ball rate is down. So he's giving up more fly balls, and people are hitting the ball harder off of him, so he's going to give up more home runs. And he's walking more people, so there's more people on base when he's giving up these home runs, and he's giving up these hard hits. So right. he's a hard one to figure out. And uh, the fact that his, he, where he's at in terms of his age, he's 33 years old. He's no spring chicken. Mm-hmm. He's... It's 200 innings or more in five straight seasons. He's got mileage, yep. But I'm a little bit closer to, you know, look, the, the past couple of years, he's been a 2.89 ERA, 2.25, 3.14. I don't think he's going to I don't think he's going to be around there anymore. I don't think so. I think he's probably closer to to probably like a 3.536 ERA. And that's not what you drafted him for. Yeah, I mean, I just think that a lot of it has to do with he throws kind of like, like he has a sinker, right? So I think if that's not actually on point, you know how like sinkable pitchers, Chiming Wong in the past, um, Aaron Cook, <laughs> any sinker bowlers, right, that don't have it that day get shelled usually. Chiming Wong used to happen to all the time. So if you have a sinker, if you're that type of pitcher and you're not on and your sinker's not sinking right, you're going to get shelled. I think that's something Especially he could just figure it out. Up too, which is exactly what would lead to him getting shelled and get, him mm-hmm. getting hit hard and giving up more fly balls is no. If you're a sinker pitcher, yeah. you want to pitch down in the zone and get ground right. balls, right. either ground balls or strikeouts. So, in his career, he's been all right. Sink like he's never had a good fastball. Obviously, you have to use your fastball. It's a sinking fastball. You have to be able to right. use it at times. But he plays off of using a really good cutter and a really good slider. Mm-hmm. Now, even if those pitches are really good and he's leaving the sinker up and it's getting crushed, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. It's not going to matter how good your breaking stuff is. I'm worried about him. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a little bit more worried about him than you guys. You should be worried, yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't um, panic yet. There, there's a few aces that, you know, we've got some problems. Real, real problems. Obviously, Chris real Hale, problems. Corey Kluber, Aaron mm-hmm. Nola, to an extent, hasn't been himself this year. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, come on, guys. You know, we're three, four starts into the season. Carrasco, we've got to turn this around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it will for most of them. And uh, while we were talking about that, Chris Davis. Chris Davis with a C. Who I started in the main event. Two run. Ding, ding. Let's wow. go. How does that make you feel, man? You got to feel awesome. I feel great. <laughs> and you know what? I was, I was watching the bat, and then I stopped to, uh, to look in the, to the Corey Kluber numbers. And I missed the home run, so that sucks. My question is, why did you pick watch. up Chris Davis? <laughs> Uh, 15 team main event. I had bids in on Dan Vogelbach. I had bids in on Hunter Dozier, and I had uh, Melky Cabrera as my utility. And he only plays five games this week. So Chris you, Davis you needed plays, somebody. Yeah, plays seven. Um, he's going to be. What was that number you spent again? 
it was like eight bucks on him. <laughs> eight <laughs> out bucks of a thousand. Oh, okay. So it's nothing. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Less than one percent of my, you know, whatever. Yeah. So he he gets off the schneid. He gets two hits over the weekend. He asks for the ball back, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> he's not gonna hit one hundred, right? So if we if we see he's not gonna hit under a hundred. If we see a uh, regression to the mean for Chris Davis, even if he only hits two hundred for the rest of the season, yeah. That means for the next couple of weeks. Maybe he'll, you know, he's he's got to get to 200. Right. He's under 100 right now, so he's got to somewhat turn it around, right? right? I, I think. I, I don't know what the power is anymore. What did, uh, he hit a home run. He just hit a home run. So right, what, right, right. What did your boy Greg Biden think of that start, starting Chris Davis? Uh, I'm, we haven't really been in contact. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it worked out so hey, far. So far. Right. Look, I mean, the week's already fine. He gave me a home run. Like, whatever. And you could you could change your lineup on Fridays in, in the main event, so... If he sucks for the next couple of games, I'll, I'll just Oh, take that's him out. nice. You so. could do that. Uh, you know who is ripping? Josh Bell. Absolutely raking. Oh, I shouldn't have dropped him. <laughs> I should have picked him up. I should have paid more. Did time. somebody pick him up? I would hope somebody picked him oh, up. Oh, yeah, he did. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I believe he's owned by uh, one of the listeners of the program. Oh, Big good. Timer. That's good. Oh. Davis. Go. Good for him. Oh, crushed it. Big time. Gave it a little. Uh, just drop the bat. He knew it was gone immediately. Oh, good for you. Know, he deserves it. Love it. He deserves Let's it. Let's go, Chris Davis. <laughs> now I'm just rooting for him. Yeah. Well, partially because Nando wrote an article about him and he got like chewed out by everyone. Yeah. So I want Chris Davis to just mash and Nando could be. For like, Nando, yeah. Suck it. For you, Nando. <laughs> for you. He'll do it for you, Chris. Absolutely. Okay. Um, what else do you want to talk about from, from over the weekend? What, what else did that? We mentioned Rugnet. You know, let's talk about the Texas Rangers. Sure. Okay. Because Rugnet Odor hits a DL. And he's going to be, like, shut down for two weeks before ramming, ramming it back up, at least. He's he, been crap, too. He's been bad. Is this a real DL stint? No, it's real. Okay. Because he was scratched on Friday night, as we, I was joking about with Frank. He had him in his lineup. Scratched on Friday night, and then put on the DL on Saturday, not picking up a ball, like I said, for two weeks. And there's no guarantee after that he'll, he'll be ready to rock. Mm-hmm. If you're a Rugnet Odor owner, can you drop him? Yes. I wouldn't. I'm but all you, you know, I was higher on him than most coming into the. Year. I was too. I, I actually don't. see this as a buying both opportunity. Yeah. I think you could get him for dirt cheap, right? Now. Yes, he's Obviously, terrible. You get him for dirt cheap. You might be able to just, just pick him up. Him. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying I'm not someone who's going to stash, try and trade for Odor if I have a bunch of other injuries, right. like I do. Like if I have Daniel Murphy injuries and Andujar and Stanton, you can't afford to do that, no. right? But if you've been one of the more fortunate owners who hasn't been bit with the injury bug, then I would actively go out and try and well, you know, maybe wait a week, maybe they drop Odor. And then I pick him right. up. Someone dropped him last year in a 15-team league, Greg, and we pounced on him. Mm-hmm. And we spent like, you know, uh, 12, 15% of our budget to pick up Odor. Uh, and in know, a 15-team league, again, yeah. He was walking a lot this year. The strikeouts were up. Uh, you know, he's always struggled with strikeouts. But I was very high on Odor, and I'm, I'm not giving up on him, you know, a couple of games, a couple of weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. He also has tried to steal three bases already this year. He's only been, you know, one for three. <laughs> but at least he's trying. Yeah. You know, the stolen bases is about intent. So he's had the intent of running. Well, you said... I, fi- still, I still trust Odo. I, I would buy him. He could still be a 15-15 guy is what you wanted, right? Pretty much? Or 20-20? Mm, Looking for him. I wanted like 12 to 15 stolen bases and close to 25 home runs. I was, okay. I was bullish on him. Right. Uh, but the, you have to understand that Odor, this is kind of what you're going to get from most... Uh, like I said before, he's streaky. You know, better he, for Roto than, than heads. He's not a contact I knew that coming in. Yeah. I didn't want him as a points league player. Oh, points league player, yeah. he's. Yeah, I, I wanted him as a Roto player. Right. And I would still buy him for dirty. Because of the power and speed combo maybe that you could get. And listen, but he's going to hit for low average. Like, that's just what you're getting with him, you know? He, he 
he's been all over the map with the batting average. So, like, one year he hit 204, but the year before that he hit 271. Yeah. It's like, who's the real Odor? I'd and say last two. Last year he hit 253. I think that's the, that's the real. Yeah, 250. So, look, right. If he hits 250 to 260, he's not hurting your batting average. No. But he could also hit 230, 240. You know, around yeah, there. There's a wide range of outcomes for, for Odor. But I really liked the, uh, the gains that he made from, it was like June on last year. He made significant gains, uh, especially in terms of walking. And I, I like that the walk rate has stayed this year, too. Uh, last year, he had an 8% walk rate, whereas in his career, he was 5%. And so far this year, he's 8.5% walk rate. Mm-hmm. Again, the, the walk rates have uh, played discipline. If you lost Rugnet Odor, who, is, who are a couple of second basemen that you could pick up in this place? I think in 12-team leagues, if Brandon Lau is out there, he's only owned in like 40% of Yahoo leagues. So he's he might looking, actually yeah. be out there. Uh, if you just need a middle infielder in general in deeper leagues, Freddie Galvis hit another one yesterday. He's hot. Uh, Dansby Swanson, again, look, if he was out there anywhere, he should be owned already. But uh, those are a few, few middle infielders that come to mind. If you play in you know, AL only or 15-team mixed, how about the guy who's just going to replace him, Greg? Yeah, he's Santana. Uh, well... Is he going to play most of the time, or is it going to be Logan Forsythe? What do you think? I'm not, I'm not sure. I think, I think it's Forsythe. Forsythe, all right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, let, let, yeah, it might be Forsythe. Let's the, the most added second baseman on, uh, on Yahoo. A name that comes to Brandon mind. Lau is the top one, and yep. Jeff McNeil, and deeper leagues, Chad Pinder. Fine, he's played well. Right. Cesar Hernandez, maybe? If he was dropped, yeah. I don't think that he would have been. How about this, Greg? I picked this guy up in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. In deeper leagues, it's a 15-team mixed roto. Howie Kendrick. Yeah, so I was, just looking, I was just looking at how he catches. He's been starting over Brian Dozier. Dozier sucks, man. So he started two days in a row spot in that in that two hole at second base. Hit a home run with two or five yesterday. I'd be interested. Wow, look at his game log, man. It's he's been great. All he's been doing is hitting. And that's mm-hmm. why he's playing. He's five thirty three. Will he continue to play over Dozier? Dozier? Is the question. Brian Dozier has been bad, yeah. man. And I didn't draft him anywhere because, like, he's always been super streaky, but. I don't know, man. Like, he just fell off the face of the planet last year, and he's mm-hmm. always been a guy who hits a lot of infield fly balls and strikes out a lot. Hits for low average. He just fell off the uh, face of the planet last year, so yeah. I, I didn't want anything to do with him. I had him ranked pretty low, actually. I right. Didn't At this anywhere. point, you could almost drop him. You know, so in a, in a deeper league, I took a shot on Howie Kendrick. You know, maybe he steals Brian Dozier's job. When he's played, he's bad second. Yeah. I mean, if you're batting between Adam Eaton and then ahead of... Uh, of all these other guys in the middle of the lineup, Anthony Rendon, Pounding stats will be good. Soto. I mean, that's a great But he's not going to play be. every day yet. I think a better guy is maybe Jeff McNeil. I mean, he's really hot. I agree with that. He's really hot. And he's hitting multi-hit. Like, this guy could hit, man. Yeah, he's had three multi-hit games in a row. Yeah. He's, got a, he's got multi-hits in four of his last five games. This is Jeff McNeil. You know he's going to hit for batting average. Right. So, at the least, he's hitting three eighty-three right now with nine ribbies. Doesn't have a homer, doesn't have a stolen base, but that's basically who Jeff McNeil is. Um, you know, regarding Howie Kendrick, that was just, again, this is kind of uh, one of the, the Matt Modica things again, Greg. Mm-hmm. I'll pick him up a week early and see if it sticks. Sure. See if he kind of steals Brian Dozier's job. And if, he's bat- if you're batting second in the, in the Nationals lineup, that's, you want a, him. that's a spot that you want. I got a guy, too, that I just picked up actually in the pit league. Sure. Um, he's not second base eligible in uh, ESPN leagues, but in Yahoo he is. Second base shortstop. Willie Adamas of the yeah. Tampa Bay Rays, absolutely raking, like, Absolutely raking right now. He's actually got a hitting streak going on and mo- multiple multi-hit games. Um, but he bats late in the lineup, which kind of stinks. That's, That's like last. That's nice. Yeah. So, but I think he'll move up. I mean, the guy's hitting too good at this point. And, and this was a, a guy who was a top prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people, I don't think, really re- re- realize that right now. I think it's a guy you could pick up and replace uh, an Odor or 
Lordy's Goriel, who just got sent down. He has eight consecutive games with a hit. He has one, two, three, four, six consecutive games with a run scored as well. Yeah. This is a guy you could pick up, man. And it's a good call. And this just tells you how slow of a start he got off to, even at, with all the hits that he had. 250. He's still only batting 250. Yeah. So he got off to a super slow start, and a lot of people might have dropped him because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a good call. Yeah. He's, you know, he's probably more likely in 12 team leagues than 15 teamers. Right. But you know, we gave you a few deeper options as well. Yeah. yeah. How about this, Greg? Jason Kipnis expected to return this week. Sure, I like it. Well, he, he's second base and outfield eligibility. Activated off the IL as Brad Miller was cut. He wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> but Kipnis coming. Sorry, Brad Miller. Don't be, don't be rude. <laughs> he was really upset. The guy just lost his job. Yeah, well. Not, not just into the minors. He was straight up cut. And he was, he's one of the guys actually hitting on the team. He was just like, I don't understand. This team's clearly not trying to win. Can you even send Brad Miller down to the minors at this point? They just cut him. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you, I don't think they actually can send him down to the minors. Him is you ask him if he wants to get sent down to Correct. the minors, and if he declines it, then you just you can't. They, did, yeah, they yeah. didn't. They didn't do that. Yeah. Um, anyway, Kipnis is coming back, uh, and his teammate Francisco Lindor has been cleared to start a rehab assignment. So Lindor can back about to pick too. up. And you know, Carlos Gonzalez makes his debut yesterday. Not that I'm expecting the world from Carlos Gonzalez. Also, watched that game yesterday. Very weird not seeing him in black and purple anymore. Yeah, it was just odd seeing him in blue and red for the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. But Again, in deeper leagues regarding Carlos Gonzalez. You think with Hanley Ramirez, you might as well pick up this guy. He's batting third. <laughs> batting third, right, Greg? Wow. So, you know, it's just behind Jose Ramirez and Leonis Martin. Leonis Martin, another one. Red hot right now. Yeah. Had a great week last week. He hit, like, three homers. He stole a base. He had, like, five ribbies and five runs scored. And So, I like Leonis Martin. You know, in four or five outfielders league, leagues, I would have picked him up. Mm-hmm. But I think in deeper ones... Hypnis coming around. Uh, we'll see if we can ever talk to Dr. Ray about Bradley Zimmer, but <laughs> Lindor, Hip- Hypnis, and then at some point, Bradley Zimmer. And Leonis Martin is, and Jose Ramirez. Turn around. Yeah, Ramirez has to get. He's going to turn around. Ramirez has to start getting hot, too. I love on Jose Ramirez. You're, tell, you're telling me that having those guys in the lineup isn't going to help him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It can only help. It's not going to hurt. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's going to do it for us here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I want to thank our guests, Matt Modica. I want to thank Chris, Sean, and Alex downstairs. Chris Venture, Frank Stample, I am Greg Sussman. We'll be back tomorrow to break it all down. We hope.